The boy was nervous. The stranger knew why. You have never seen a Jotun, have you? The boy shivered, shaking his head. I do not want to. Not even a simple troll. The boy shook his head. Nor an elf. Now what makes you think an elf and a troll are the same? The boy thought for a moment. The stranger smiled as he answered. They are not, but they are both... What did you call them? Thurses? Natural forces that reside in rock and tree and brook? The stranger's eye twinkled. You are wise, boy. Wiser than you should be. Yes, there are some that have said elves and Jotun are similar in that sense, but elves are tamed by the hands of Frey, the Prince of Peace. Who is the lord or lady of the Jotun? There are none. For even though there are lords among the elves and kings and queens, there is always Frey at their head. But the Jotuns, the giants, and the trolls... They have no single monarch. Loki does not rule them, nor does Surtur, fire giant that he is. The boy paused before continuing. You talk a lot about Surtur. Does he appear in this story? The stranger was quiet, then spoke with caution. He does not. Surtur will never leave his realm until he has made enough weapons to destroy the nine worlds in fire. Who knows when that will come? Are you scared of him? The boy asked. Are you not? Replied the man. They went for their drinks and were silent for a moment. The Yule air around them was crisp, but the fire kept it just out of reach, ready to grasp them and strangle them at a moment's notice. The boy threw a new log into the fire, just in case. He wanted to hear more of the tale and feared more missteps like his last question would ruin that hope. You haven't talked about him yet, though. The old man's one eye twinkled. And who might that be, boy? The liar. Loki. Wolffather, they call him. The old man's smile grew. Indeed, they do call him that. They call him many things, in fact. But do you know what Odin called him? He called him brother. The boy gasped. Brother? But I thought Loki and Thor... Yes. They travel together across the nine worlds as constant companions. But that is because Thor's the solver of problems and Loki the cause of them. They manage to equal one another out, and Thor is wise in this way. But come, but come. If Thor had his way, Loki wouldn't have been cast out from the gods long ago. It is by Odin's hand that Loki stays, that Loki is not discarded and left to the winds whence he came. For Loki is more than a god. He is a Jotun. The boy did not know that, and his face showed it. Let me tell you of Loki, and how he helped Odin find his way to Mimir. Welcome to Godesy, Season 2, Episode 3. Fiery Tongue, Icy Hands. How did Loki and Odin meet? Legend has forgotten. Odin wanders the world. He is known in each of the nine worlds by many names. During one such journey, after the creation of the world and the death of Ymir, while his brothers Villa and Ve ruled in Asgard, it is known that Odin and Loki met. What were the circumstances of this meeting? 
Perhaps Loki saved Odin's life in a dire circumstance, for he was not yet the Allfather and All-Knower. Perhaps Odin felt a great debt to Loki, no matter his faults. Whatever the case, this first encounter ended with a blood bond. On Odin's right hand and Loki's left, gashes were drawn and the two mingled blood, Loki becoming the blood brother of Odin. He swore then and there that whatever hall or table he dined at, Odin would guarantee Loki a seat there. Why was he so defensive of Loki? Who can say? But Loki was in desperate need of it, to be sure. Considered the scrawniest of Jotun of his age, Loki's strength was not in arms, but in craft and wit. Now, normally Jotun are cruel, leaving their children to die if they are not worth keeping or feeding them to their monstrous wolves. Loki survived such a childhood and learned his craft at the bosom of his mother, Laufey. Laufey was known among the Aesir, reliable if sickly, and a Jotun of renown for her magical abilities. Yet among her own people, she was also called Nal or Needle, for she was deathly ill and thin for it. The brute Farbati married her, and she begat three children for him. Sons Bailister and Helblindi took after their father, while son Loki took after Laufey. For that reason, Loki is not called Farbati's son, but Laufey's, save by those who wish to enrage him. Farbati was an angry striker, for that was his name's meaning, and was not a kind father the way Bor had been a kind father to Odin. He was like lightning, Farbati was, and dangerous, and that and that alone did Loki inherit. Some have said that Loki is also Logi, which is fire. The two are different, and Loki is not god of fire, but his tongue is very much like fire. A Jotun with a tongue of fire. Imagine the worst possible threat, boy. You cannot, and for that, the gods fear Loki. All but the wisest, that is. Odin is among those, and does not fear Loki, who speaks truth and lie in the same breath. Why does he do this? For Loki, it is the way to survive. You know the stories, how Loki creates his own problems. You also know that Loki solves them, though never without consequence. Chaotic as he is, Loki is ultimately reliable in this, and his silver tongue means that he will always have a chance to solve the trouble he causes. Where would Odin find Loki? Leaving Asgard, as we did in the last part of our tale, Odin traveled down the ash Yggdrasil. Above, the great eagle flapped. Below, Nidhogg chewed the roots of the world tree. Odin climbed carefully and quietly, and no longer looked like himself. Indeed, he was covered in strange marks, circular and etched in the language of the Jotuns, for it was Jotunheim, where Odin knew he would find Loki. For a Jotun he was indeed. For you see, Odin, Thor, and Loki all wander the Nine Worlds. You can find them anywhere, in disguise. Geroth learned that truth the hard way, but he met Odin, not Loki. Perhaps he is better for it. Exiting on the branches that led to Jotunheim, Odin was blasted with wintry, cold winds. For though the eagle above Yggdrasil creates the winds of all worlds, it is the mountains of Jotunheim that create the terrible blast that chills the bone. It is said that the winds of Jotunheim are so intense that they could flay the skin off of mere mortals like you, boy. 
Every weather system you can imagine, imagine it worst by magnitudes. Thunderstorms can level mountains. Snowstorms freeze trees and cause them to crack like toothpicks in an instant. Floods come as quick as lightning, and famine creates deserts in days. Yes, deserts of snows and of sand. For Jotunheim is the largest of the nine worlds, and the most chaotic and ever-changing. Odin the Wanderer traveled there. They're entering territory after territory, looking for signs of Loki. Many Jotun lords he treated with, and news of the fall of Asgard's walls was all anyone wanted to speak of, troubling Odin's heart and soul. Did he fight them? It is not wise to fight a Jotun without first stacking the odds against them, for their powers are many, and often their weaknesses are secret. Note that I did not answer your question. The tale is not if Odin killed Jotun during that journey east. Yes, east boy. Jotunheim is in the east. Have you heard it said that Thor goes into the east? He spends his time in Jotunheim when he goes there. It is said that if you travel far enough east, you will come to Jotunheim no matter how far in Midgard you travel. Jotunheim is also Yggdrasil's eastern side. So, Odin traveled east of east, deeper into Jotunheim until he found what he knew was Laufey's home in her time, and now was the home of Loki while in Jotunheim. When he found the fire tongue, he was asleep, resting beside the cave that had been his mother's. Bones were strewn about of animals and humanoids. This was unlike Loki, Odin knew, for he only ate as the gods did, and the gods do not eat mortals, boy. Something was amiss. Wake! Loki was how Odin greeted him. Startled, Loki awoke, all but tripping over himself. His eyes were heavy with the deep circles under them, as if he had not slept in a long time. Borson! I did not see you approach! How did you find me here? Odin noted the panic in his voice, the fear of being found. Already did this not bode well. When Loki has something to hide, it is to the detriment of all. We have need of you in Asgard. Has rumor not reached this deep into Jotunheim? Loki smiled, looking back into the cave and then back again to Odin. Perhaps we can go for a walk, Borson. You can tell me of how Frigga is and how my wife... There came a cry from the cave, a wail unmistakable to Odin. There was a child in that cave, and soon after, a growl and a woman speaking, shushing either the child or the growling. Odin growled in kind. Explain these bones, Loki, and why there is a baby in your cave. Loki laughed, stepping between Odin and the cave. The baby is fine, I assure you. She's in good hands, as good as one can expect. Odin interrupted. Your wife is safe, Loki, I made sure of it. Sigan and your children wonder after you in Asgard. Do you not worry about them? Worry about what I have come to tell you? Loki's dirty face grew flushed, his tongue seeming to trip over itself. We were attacked, Loki. Not enough of our powerful gods were there, and the Vanir destroyed our walls. Do you think the magic of Freya would have broken our walls if you had been there to help Frigga and Idun? Do you think my brothers would be dead if Thor had been there? Odin moved closer, a full head taller than the flame-haired wisp of a god called Loki. 
for though Odin is thin, Loki is thinner and more snake-like. Where were you, Loki? For I know Sigyn does not let you bring any snake into your marriage bed. Yes, boy, Loki was married, and Sigyn was a good goddess, one of the many ways Odin tied Loki to his people. Clearly, it was not working. She is safe, and our boys too? Good, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to hear that, but the Vanir slew your brothers? I'm sorry to hear that, Odin interrupted again. Let me in the cave, Loki. I need to see these welts. Odin's walking stick was no longer a stick, but a spear. He pushed past Loki and into the cave. Whatever Loki's protests, Odin did not listen to them. Inside the cave was a fire, bones all around. Something was against the wall, massive and scaled. But before that was a cub, a wolf cub, and a woman dressed in furs. If Loki's mother, Laufey, had been sickly thin, this woman was already dying. Pale in the fire and nursing a baby covered in a blanket, the woman smiled at Odin. Hail, king of the Aesir. Welcome to my fire. Odin did not recognize her, but she was not Laufey, a fortunate thing indeed. I do not know your name, Jotun. Speak it. The woman did not mind that he was rude, for Odin was beyond a guest modesty now. I am Angreboda, and Loki is my husband. He is your blood brother, is he not? Then the brother of my husband is welcome here. Above the fire was a spit, and with her free hand as she nursed, she turned it. Come, partake. I will not, said Odin, standing there. The pup growled, more sapient than any wolf cub Odin had ever seen. Those were human eyes in its head, and already it was large. What is this wolf, Loki? Why does it have your eyes? And Graboda spoke for him. The wolf is my son, as is the serpent, all around you, though you only see part. And this daughter, too. Three children have we. Odin spat. Three too many. This union is not sanctioned, Loki. He turned to his brother, glaring. I need your assistance, not your ill-begotten spawn. I seek Mimir. Loki began. Mimir? Your uncle is hidden. Angraboda continued. Deep in Jotunheim, beyond the paths any king or god knows, Loki cannot find it, and neither can I. Odin regarded Angroboda at that. You are a Volva. She smiled. Yes, I am a seer, the greatest of all my people. Would you like me to see for you? Odin considered it carefully, for the sight of a Volva is always a treacherous thing. You learn things you may not want to know, see things you may not want to see. Accept their gift, but do so at your own peril, boy. How can I find Mimir? I need his wisdom. Angraboda stood, still nursing the child. The babe seemed fine at first, her right arm flailing as she struggled against her mother. But her left side, Odin saw, was wrong. Something was missing. Angraboda's eyes changed, shifting. The sight took her then. Not the paths of the well of Mimir know I, but instead the way to the wisdom that can save your people. 
the path of pain it is. Sacrifices must be made of you and who you are. The Odin that ruled can be no more, father to his people. A path before him takes him to all peoples, all things, and rulers of they shall he be. Unite the gods, bring poetry to the worlds, and with poetry comes power. Your path takes you to Yggdrasil. There you shall be, nine days hanging, sacrificed to the All-Father above all. Your side shall be pierced and a hold about your neck. For nine days you must endure this, then wisdom will come to you. That wisdom shall take you to that which you seek, and to the time when my children shall be needed. With that, the sight left her, and her eyes turned to embers. Loki smiled. She is the very best, isn't she, Odin? I spare these whelps because they are needed, it seems. A convenient gift, your sight. Come, Loki, you are leaving. Loki protested. But... No buts, fire tongue. Your wife's icy hand shall be exchanged for your true wife's warm ones. You are needed in Asgard. Odin put his massive, gnarly hand on Loki's bony shoulder and removed him from the cave, the walls of which seemed to move, for they were not walls and the cave was deeper than it looked. Another child resided here, more massive than the wolf, more awful than the girl. Loki... You are to never breed with Jotun again. I have no doubt I will have need of these children, but what monsters, Loki, what monsters! Odin would come to regret that moment, that decision to spare them many times over. Indeed, brother, and may they serve you well, as you know I well do. But I was wondering if perhaps you would be willing to not mention this to... Sigyn is a good woman, Loki. Your betrayal of her trust, and indeed, that you did not ask permission of her, is a reflection not of her, but of you. You dishonor her and your children by this. Were you not my blood brother and I in this moment of weakness over the deaths of my own brothers, I would have you hanged. Loki chuckled. Oh, you may yet. But it sounds like you will be doing some hanging yourself, won't you? Odin did not reply to that, throwing his hood over his head. He mulled over the words of the Volva and Graboda, that he must sacrifice himself to the Allfather by spear and hang for nine days by Yggdrasil's branches for wisdom to come to him. Nine days, Odin, nine! Imagine the madness. No one could survive that, neither Tyr nor Thor, let alone myself. What magic will you be using? How will you survive? Odin did not reply. He did not know any magic that could keep him alive, and he doubted Loki knew anything useful in that regard. Talk with me as we walk to Yggdrasil, Loki. We have much to discuss of my plans regarding the gods and of mankind. A vulva is a Norse seer, one who can divine the future as well as the past and bring wisdom to those who seek their help. It was a respected position belonging to women, and most Volva practiced Sidir, which is a type of Norse magic. More on that in Season 2. Volva are found in every one of the Nine Worlds, and there are Volva among the gods, the elves, the dwarves, the Jotuns, and yes, even humans. It was a role filled in ancient Scandinavian courts, serving jarls and kings up until the Christian era. Now, typically, Volva told their truths in verse, but as I've said in the last episode, and will say again and again, I am not a poet, and will not attempt to replicate the verse here or anywhere, I don't think. Well, maybe later, but that doesn't involve Volva, 
Instead, let's focus on the vulva at hand, Angraboda. Angraboda is indeed a mysterious figure in Norse mythology, with the only confirmed aspect of her being the mother of Loki's three Jotun children. We'll get to them later in this season, but she is the teller of perhaps the most important of Norse myths, the Voluspa. While this is not confirmed in the story itself, many scholars like Bellows are fairly certain that the mysterious nameless vulva who speaks the Voluspa is in fact Angraboda, from the way she talks about her children and her husband Loki. Loki is perhaps the god who has benefited the most from Marvel's treatment of the Norse gods. A favorite of many, Loki is the trickster of all trickster, which will prove itself time and again going forward. A chief troublemaker of the myth cycle, the trouble he has made here will reach every season after this one. Norse mythology is really the story of why you should be very careful when you make someone your blood brother. It may very well destroy your world. Jotunheim is a place we'll be visiting often in the third season of the Norse myths, but we'll visit it a few times this season too. It is said to be in the east, and the phrase Thor was in the east is a good way to describe the gods when they're in trouble, because when Thor is in the east, the gods are often under threat. It is said to be larger than life, with bigger mountains, larger seas, scarier forests, and indeed, many, many lords. Jotun are a diverse lot, from frost giants to two-headed giants to giant animals and magical shapeshifters who appear human-sized one minute, and the next are a hundred stories tall. Thus, I tried to portray it as a place of extremes, but we'll see just how extreme later. This episode was not based on any particular myth, but sets up the next episode, and will continue to play out across the season, all the way up to the end of the season, which is based on a very famous tale. Goddessy is written, researched, and produced by Greg Wright. Additional writing and editing by Sidney Egger, who does not live in a cave, but by Odin, would rock it if she did. Music by Scott Buckley, whose Creative Commons music can be found at www.scottbuckley.com.au, and also on Patreon. Goddessy is on social media at The Goddessy Podcast. Check us out on Twitter, Facebook, and now Instagram for fun facts, mythy memes, and fun conversation about mythology and history and in our world today. If you reach out, be sure to say hi and make sure I'm not headed to Jotunheim. You can also reach to me by email. All those addresses are in the show notes. Goddessy relies on your continued support for others to find us and for us to continue. If you like what you hear, don't hesitate to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon, and whatever fine service you use. That helps their algorithm reach out to others and expand the show's listeners. Play the algorithms, people! If you want to support the show more directly, toss some coins to me over at Patreon. I do weekly blog posts that delve deeper into the locations and sources behind each episode, and you get early access to episodes, too. Goddessy releases every Monday. See you next week! Far Traveler.